So we're holding by Shmuel Bey's Parak Yedalit. We'll go back to Pasuk Zion for a minute. The learning tonight should be as chos yilu nishmas rebechiyom mechol ben Asher and Yecheskel Shraga ben Avram Yehuda as well as chos for Fushlema from Moshe ben Miriam. So we're in the middle of the case brought by the Tekayan woman on behalf of Yoyav. Yoyav wants to try to bring about a reconciliation between David and Avshalom. And so he enlists the aid of this woman to try to bring a fictional case which ultimately will help sway David and um, ease David's attitude towards Avshalom. So the woman brings a case of two sons, her two sons, who one killed the other over a fight that they had in the field. And now the relatives are demanding she hand over her surviving son because they want to execute him and, and um, um, ha- take, take justice on behalf of the murdered son. She says, if that will happen, the remaining coal of my life will be extinguished. There won't be any living descendant to carry on my husband's name. So the um, various Mepharshim tried to show how her case and her words really have an underlying message related to Avshalom. We saw that last time with the Pshatim of the Abarbanel. Um, in this Pasuk, the Mayam Lois explains that what is she saying by it's going to extinguish the flame inside of her? She's hinting at the fact that if Avshalom remains in Geshur amongst the Goyim, it's going to extinguish his flame of his neshama, of any Yerushalayim that he has in his heart. And bringing Avshalom back is going to prevent his soul from getting lost amongst the Goyim and from being lost to Hashem, says the Moser Nevi'im, and that way he'll be able to do tshuva. But right now, you really want him to do tshuva. He can't do tshuva. He's amongst the Goyim. It's not an environment conducive to him doing tshuva. Mitzudas adds that every person is going to ultimately have to stand in judgment before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're going to be rewarded and punished according to your ma'isim. And if a person is punished in this world, then that has the benefit of uh, wiping away the Aveira and uh, bringing him closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in so therefore, the woman is saying that it was really Hashkach that Amnon was killed. Why? Because this created a kapara for his Avera. And Avshalom was the shliach for this. And the Chavis el tells us that you can't harm someone else unless it's really the Ratzon Hashem. So she is using this underlying message to try to show David that, look, really, it's not optimal what Avshalom did. But at the end of the day, to leave him in Geshur, his neshama is going to be lost. And also, he helped Amnon get a, a tikkun through the Sisurim, get a tikkun for his Aveira, and so therefore it's time to bring Avshalom home. In the Pasuk, the, she, she quotes the relatives as saying that Tani esmake achiv, give us the one who murdered, uh, uh, who murdered his brother, Unimiseyu, b'nefesh achiv, we will execute him as justice for his brother, Ashaharag, that he murdered, v'nashmida gamas yarish, we will destroy this yarish as well. So what the Imre Shefer is bothered. What do you mean, Gamis a Yorish? What kind of claim is this? What, what does the fact that he's a Yorish have to do with anything? So he explains that the Rambam writes in Hilchas Ritzeach, this is Perak Aleph Halacha Beis, that who is the Goyal, who is the one who takes revenge for a murdered relative? He's the Yorish. That's, that's what the Rambam writes. So really, if this brother murdered his brother, then who should be the one to murder him, to murder the surviving brother? Either another brother, but there aren't any surviving brothers, or the father who's Yairish from his sons, but again, the father's not here anymore. So where are the Yairishim coming? Where are the Mishpacha coming from if they're not Goyalim? So that's what their Taina is. Their Taina is V'nashmida Gamasi Yairish, that we want to eliminate even this Yairish, because there is no Yairish out there 
who has the rights to be a Goyal Adam, we therefore take it upon ourselves to be the Goyal Adam. But Zok, the Yemre Shefer, her claim is to David. What right do they have? They're not, at the end of the day, they're not the Yeresh. And therefore, they're not halachically the Goyal Adam, and they have no rights to do anything to my surviving son halachically, and therefore, I need your protection to push them back. So, so David says to the woman, go home, and I will give a command concerning you. In other words, David tells her, don't worry, David is guaranteeing the boy's safety, and that he's going to issue a royal command that the relatives need to stand down. So Pasuk Taz Vatimer Isha Tekoyis Alamelech. So the Tekoyin woman says to the king, Alaya Daini Hamelech, Avoin, this sin will be upon me, the Albais Avi, and upon my father's house. Vahamelech Vachisoynaki, and the king and his throne are innocent. So it's a very strange comment. She's saying that if anything happens, it's, the sin is going to be upon me and upon my house. So Rashi and the Redak say that it's really euphemism. Really, she's referring to David. She's saying that if her son is harmed after David gives this guarantee about his safety, it's really going to be David's fault. But it's disrespectful for her to say directly, hey, it's your fault, David. So therefore, she says euphemistically that it's going to be upon me and upon my house. But really, she means that it's really going to fall upon David and David's family. She basically wanted David to assure her that he would do his utmost to ensure the safety of her son. Another way of learning Pshad is that she's saying that if anything happens to my son, it's going to be my loss, right? I'm the one that's going to have to deal with it, and you and your, it's not going to affect you, it's not going to affect your Malchus. So it's easy for you to say, go home and don't worry, but I need you to do better than that, because I, I, if, all, if something happens to him, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble, and you'll still be here, comfortable, and not having to deal with the stress of that tragedy. Matsudas learns a little differently. Matsudas learns that she's saying that I want you to pronounce a sentence right now that he's innocent based on my words. Because if you pronounce a sentence and then you investigate and you find out that I changed some of the facts, then however in a lie, it's going to be on me, meaning you'll hold me accountable and you and your throne are going to be innocent because at the end of the day, the fact that you don't punish my son is not going to be because of you, but it's going to be because I misled you. So, therefore, you don't have to worry. So, based on that, she's saying, trust me because these are my, my sons and I'm telling you the truth. And therefore, I want you to pronounce a sentence now. I don't want you to delay in issuing this order, this decree. So, Pasuk David accepts her argument. So, the king says, Anyone who speaks ill of you, you bring him to me. Guess what? He's not going to bother you anymore. So David reassured her that he's going to take a personal interest in her case. And anybody who speaks out of turn, David's going to make sure that they don't continue to do so. And they understand that David is forbidding such activity. Now the Redak says something interesting. The Redak says, really, he should have said, because he's talking to the woman. You should bring him. But he says, Vavesoy, as if he's talking to a Zachar. So says the Radak, he was actually talking to his soldiers there, and he's saying, if this woman has any problems, you bring that person here. She, he understood the woman is not going to be able to drag someone in front of David. She doesn't have that physical ability. So he tells one of his Narim, one of his servants, one of his soldiers, you go with this woman, and if anybody speaks out of turn, you make sure that they're brought in front of me to answer for what they did.